A parking meter may seem like a non-threatening structure, but throughout the last year, parking meters have been at the center of many debates and controversy in Bloomington. In the first days of use, the more than 1,000 parking meters installed in Bloomington's downtown area generated $5,000 a day. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, and today on Noon Edition, we ask, how's it going? What is the plan for this revenue, and are the meters creating issues for local businesses, or is their presence an unobtrusive uh, part of downtown life? The Chamber of Commerce launched a survey on its website this week to ask these questions and gauge public opinion. Now that the meters have been around for more than six months, we're asking you the same questions, and joining us are major stakeholders in the issue. Join our conversation and share your opinion on Bloomington's downtown parking meters, all after this hour's news. Production support comes from Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922, with residential and business internet, voice, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net and from IU School of Public Health Bloomington, addressing public health needs by preventing disease, promoting health, and improving quality of life across the state and around the world through research, teaching, and community engagement, offering undergraduate and advanced degrees, publichealth.indiana.edu. Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times, along with co-host Mary Catherine Carmichael. And today we're going to talk about parking meters in downtown. It certainly was a controversial decision to add the 1,400 parking meters in downtown Bloomington uh, about six months ago. But now that they've been around for a few months, what's the public sentiment? The, the Bloomington Chamber of Commerce is, has launched a survey this week to gather public opinion on the meters and to gauge their effect on local businesses, residents, and consumers. We're going to talk about that today with uh, three guests in the studio. We have Jeb Conrad, the president and CEO of the Greater Bloomington Chamber of Commerce, Lyle Feigenbaum, who's the owner of the Scholars Inn and the Scholars Inn Bakehouse downtown, and Steve Volan, a member of the Bloomington City Council, and he's been an advocate for the meters. You can join the discussion by calling 855-0811 in Bloomington or 1-877-285-9348. You can also join the live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition, and you can follow us on Twitter at noon edition. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's getting ready to be spring break, everybody. So Not a moment too soon. Right. <laughs> ready for that. So we're all – get the weather's going to get nicer. We'll all not be as grumpy about meters maybe. But Steve, <laughs> Steve, I want to I start with you because – I had a feeling you would. Well, you know, you've been on the council and, and you were one of the people that voted in favor of it. And I just wanted to, to go back and give the rationale why the city – why the mayor proposed this, why the council thought it was a good idea. I actually have been advocating for meters since 2005 um, and it was partly because um, BTOP brought um, Donald Shoup to come speak in Bloomington and, and BTOP stands for the Bloomington Transportation Options for People mm-hmm. Buff Brown and Company mm-hmm. uh, and Donald Shoup gave a speech you can still see on uh, catstv.net uh, in the council chambers about his book The High Cost of Free Parking and um, but I mean uh, as a result of of that, uh, the, the mayor commissioned a study in 2007 along with their other studies, but uh, he didn't decide to do um, to implement meters until many years later. But um, yeah, I've been an advocate for a long time. Um, 
I, I don't know where to start. There's a, well, quite a few. Well, let me just ask this. Uh, so give me an example of a high cost of free parking. Um, the, uh, I mean, I can just tell you from Bloomington, let's set aside for a second the street parking. Um, we built a parking garage in downtown Bloomington at 4th and Walnut in the 80s at the explicit request of, um, of Bill Cook, who was renovating Fountain Square. Um, we then built two more parking garages in 2003 um, to serve downtown needs, um, and we've never been able to pay for the costs of those garages. We've always run a deficit. Um, and we're essentially subsidizing automotive parking at the expense of, say, public transit, more sidewalks, and the like. Um, that's just one example, but another uh, fact is that um, as much as I might decry private parking lots in, um, you know, in stores farther out, at least those businesses are, are paying for uh, space for their customers. The space downtown is shared among many businesses, and at some point uh, there were people using those spaces that weren't customers of those businesses, and we needed some way to regulate them. Before the meters, you could either park for free for two hours or get a $20 ticket. There was no in-between. So there's quite a few advantages now to meters like, um, let me see here, I have a list. They let you buy exactly the time you want. Um, they let you stay more than two hours without moving your car. They have increased the guarantee that you'll be able to find a place to park. They also thus re- reduce cruising for parking, which improves our carbon footprint. Now, that doesn't necessarily sound like uh, music to the ears of merchants who feel they've lost business or know they've lost business. And I know that Lyle's an example of somebody who has, as a result of customers you know, choosing not to come downtown because they don't want to pay for parking. That's an issue we should, we should discuss today. But there are some reasons for it. You know, I know a lot of people feel that this is fixing up something that wasn't broken. But um, and, and something you didn't touch on, or if you did, I missed it. In your comments was really the issue of people who work downtown, parking on the street, um, moving their car every two hours in the past. Is that something that you feel has been addressed by the meters? I think it's very the only effective way to have addressed it was was through meters and it has been addressed perhaps too effectively mm-hmm. how what do you mean by that well i mean the 2 hour shuffle you see employees uh daytime employees that used to do them have, they've all now found other places to park more appropriate places to park parking on the street is meant for short term parkers customers uh visitors uh people doing business downtown uh people who are working there all day um, should be looking, or people who live downtown should be looking for longer-term parking off-street. Mm-hmm. That's that. That should be the the purpose of the parking. So has it been? How has it been too effective? I'm still not sure. I get your point. Well, I think you should ask Lyle that question because he has a better answer than I do. Okay. So I I have to say I'm just in the in uh, full disclosure in the editorial position the, the newspaper took was in favor of meters mm-hmm. and part of the reason uh, involved you know look the things the mayor said about what's going to be happening and how there are going to be a lot more cars downtown but we also said we, there needs to be a, a strong review after three months and six months to find out in nine months and a year to find out what the effect is on downtown businesses because there were a lot that were very concerned about what was going to happen with them and we have Lyle in, in the studio so I'm want to turn it over to him now and say, you know, after six months, Lyle, what, what are you finding? After six months, it's it's been the, the roughest six months I've ever dealt with in my professional career. 
Um, we are someone who relies on everyday business. We rely on the residents of Bloomington, not just students. And um, we, more importantly, we have a place where a good portion of our business is done before 10 a.m. And what we found, and I, I'm here to say, I, when the meters were to be put in, um, they uh, discussed it with me. I was very much against them uh, because as a business owner, change um, is very difficult and you don't know what to expect. The effect has been beyond my wildest dreams. I never anticipated it would be this devastating. So when someone said, well, why didn't you talk about it at a city council meeting before? Because I own restaurants. It's not really in my best interest to be political, to take one side or another. But now I've been forced to get involved because the the effect is so dramatic. So um, what we have seen is, is that the residents of Bloomington who were coming to the bakehouse downtown on the square before 10 a.m. for breakfast, for coffee, for a pastry, they're gone. Mm-hmm. They don't want the hassle of it. They don't know. You can say you pay exactly what you, you get, but you don't know, actually. Do you put a quarter in for going in for five minutes? Mm-hmm. So they're not really exact. And, and it doesn't seem like a lot, but from the mindset standpoint, no one likes to spend something they're not going to use. So um, the fact is, is that um, I'm hopeful that we can look at the data, we can stay positive, and we can come to a compromise so that um, businesses like mine don't have to suffer so dramatically when there is not a need for the meters at certain times. Now, I'm here to tell you, um, at night, uh, when I come downtown, it's hard to find a parking spot. So I'm not about to say that the meters are a bad thing at night. And even though it probably affects our business after a certain time period, um, what I'm hopeful for is that we just look at the data to say when are the meters really needed and turn them on then. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, um, I have to adjust my business to adapt to um, the situation. What time do they start in the morning? 8 a.m. 8 a.m. Okay. Mm -hmm. Seven, uh, seven, six days a week. All right. Now, Jeb, so the mm-hmm. Chamber of Commerce, you hear from a lot of different businesses. And, and I know you're, you know, you're trying to – I don't know if you're trying to stay neutral or not. I shouldn't put those words in your mouth. But you're trying to survey people and get data that, that can be used to help the city make decisions going forward. So, but what have you been hearing from people? We've, we're getting a lot of different data. As, as you mentioned, Bob, we've got a survey that's out there now that um, – we had hoped, but we weren't sure how viral it actually would go. And, and uh, um, we were surveying both the business owners and operators as well as the employees when that was appropriate, and then the customers as well, just to get some unscientific data, if you will, for us to collect to get some feedback because we do have a parking committee that's continued to meet on a regular basis to discuss the whole parking issues, if you will, of the urban area, which includes everything from what Steve's mentioned and then the street parking and the meters and et cetera. And so we've gotten unbelievable feedback so far. Um, A lot of the um, uh, downtown restaurants have, uh, uh, especially the restaurants, but others as well, the downtown um, retail merchants have reached out to their customers to get feedback and used our survey for that. we are now collecting that data, and I was telling Steve earlier, I don't think uh, we expect that at this point we've got over 4,000 responses to that survey. So it's pretty good for Bloomington, yeah. It, it really is. Um, 
three times, you know, four times our membership, if you will. So that's a good number for us to have. We have not deciphered all of that data at this point, mm-hmm. as you can imagine. Um, but the feedback is is mixed. Uh, when I say mixed, meaning um, as Steve pointed out, there's some feedback that uh, some customers have said, "Yeah, it's great to be able to have accessibility." close by in front, and they're willing to pay that, that, that fee uh, to have that accessibility for dinner or for shopping or whatever it might be. Uh, and then there's also some others. Um, and I think, I think the point was, was pretty good. I think the employees seem to be uh, pretty neutral on it. In other words, they found other spots. Um, some of them have, have expressed some concern, but I think they found other spots. But some of the owners, um, like Lyle and others, have expressed the impact on their business, which is the main reason we're doing the survey. We really That's our, our market, if you will, which is to find out the impact on the bottom line. Uh, for our downtown members, and and um, we're seeing a pretty mixed bag of results, and 4,000 results and comments are, <laughs> are a long uh, chore to go through, and we're going to run that survey. We're going to keep that out there um, uh, through most of the spring break week, even though we know that'll probably be a little lighter, but most of the volume's in there right now as we decipher the data. So it's going to be a mixed bag. Uh, we certainly hope to take that information. Again, it's an unscientific, uh, if you will, but it was helped develop by IU. They helped us with uh, with developing the survey to make sure the questions were asked appropriately. And then we're going to share those with the parking committee and others in the community to say, here's kind of the feedback. And hopefully the committee then could come back with some thoughts, ideas, recommendations with the whole parking picture. Mm-hmm. Here's a question that came in on live chat um, from Robert. He asked, why did Bloomington decide to ch- charge metered parking so late into the evening on Saturdays. Other cities usually allow unmetered parking after 5 p.m. or on the weekend. Steve, you want to take that? Very common question. Uh, I've had to answer it many times. Mm -hmm. Indianapolis and Chicago both metered till 9 p.m. They charge more than Bloomington. Austin, Texas is downtown. It's metered till 6 p.m. but till mid on Monday through Wednesday, but until midnight Thursday through Saturday. If you want cities the size of Bloomington, Athens, Georgia meters until 10 p.m. six days a week. Fayetteville, Arkansas meters their downtown entertainment district, 2 p.m. to 2 a.m., seven days a week. Morgantown, West Virginia meters 24 hours a day. There's definitely a precedent for meters. The reason why I think Lyle's example is so interesting to me um, is that many of the merchants who complain uh, complain in the same way that uh, users of downtown do that they can't believe it's going till 10 p.m. If you look at a demand curve of parking downtown before the meters went in, uh, it started very low at 8 a.m. It started getting up there at 11 a.m. It would peak at noon and it would never go down all mm-hmm. day. Yeah. The, the morning, Bloomington's not a morning town. Bloomington is a noon to midnight kind of town. Before I would shorten the hours if I had sole control over the meters, before I would shorten the hours in the evening, I would reduce them in the morning. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. How flexible is council and this administration at looking at the kind of data that, that is being collected and, and the um, anecdotal information such as Lyle has presented and say, you know, wow, maybe we could adjust things and not start the meters until 10 a.m.? So the meter ordinance that was passed last March was a very arduous compromise. And uh, the administration needed, they felt like they needed to get certain performance metrics out of the meters. Um, Daryl Neer and I were the two council members who negotiated the most mm-hmm. about about the, the meters. Um, the One of the big 
important aspects of the compromise was that we w- we agreed to let the administration meter across the board a dollar an hour for the first year. Um, and at the time, I thought it was reasonable. I don't think it's reasonable anymore. Um, but it was part of the compromise to – I mean, they wanted to make sure they could pay for the meters and all the other expenses that the administration uh, promised the community in order to to justify them. But you so, had to make those choices with no data to, upon which to base them. Right. And part of the logic of that was we needed to get that data. Mm-hmm. But there's already – I mean, it's we're six months in, and I can already tell you a few things. I mean, I – I study the data pretty well. I can only like talk about what things I understand generally, but um, you know, there the, the the formula that Donald Shoup will cite as how how much should you charge for parking is whatever it'll take to get eighty five percent usage on street. Well, about one space in eight should be open at any given time. Mm-hmm. If there are fewer spaces that open. You're not charging enough for parking, but it's also possible to charge too much for parking. And there are many blocks of downtown that are not being used at anywhere near 85 percent mm-hmm. of capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's the but one of the arguments was, well, the system's already going to be so complicated. If we charge different rates, people are going to be too confused. I'd say they're already pretty confused because a lot of people are looking for free parking and they don't know where it is or when it's – every garage is different. There's lots. It's already – the parking management system downtown is already sort of a bear to be negotiated. So I would say that lowering prices on certain blocks based on usage and time of day is totally warranted. The meters are certainly capable of supporting that. I mean you could change the policy from a dollar an hour flat to a dollar an hour max. Mm-hmm. I would compliment you at least on the choice of meters. Uh, I was just on Mass Ave earlier this week, and it was a real hassle. Um, uh, just much more complicated than our system. Similarly, pay and display uh, was it? Was it they have to go get a little ticket? No, it, it was even weirder than that. Oh. Uh, pay and display. Yeah, I'm familiar with that, and you have to go to the kiosk and then go back to your car. I don't like that. No, as far as meters go, I, I would say that you guys chose a, a, a the best product that I've experienced. Um, so The good news about that, too, was that the we were going to do pay and display meters, like one meter every eight spaces or so. It turns out that the single space meters were half a million dollars cheaper. So instead of 1.4 or 5 million, we spent a little less than a million dollars on the meters. Mm-hmm. So I commend the city administration on that. That's great. All right. We're talking about uh, parking meters in downtown Bloomington, and we want to hear from you. What's been your experience with the meters? You can share your comments or concerns with us by calling 855-0811 or toll-free 1-877-285-9348, and you can join the live chat at wfiu.org slash Noon Edition. And you can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition, and I think we have some. Yeah, Michael uh, wrote us uh, via Twitter. He wants to know, what about communities? Bloomington's size that don't meter, did you find those? And I guess maybe a more detailed question might be what percentage of communities Bloomington's size or comparable to Bloomington meter and don't meter? Half of the schools in the Big Ten are in cities the size of Bloomington. Uh, The only city that doesn't meter is Lafayette. So, I mean, the majority of cities in the Big Ten have some kind of parking Mm -hmm. meter. Cities, Bloomington's size and larger do have a challenge allocating street parking properly, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's what meters are for. So it's actually more the rule than the exception. Yes, mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think everybody's got their, you know, there's stories about you know, what could be done differently. And I think a couple things that, that have come up. One is I know I've noticed, Lyle, when I go downtown in the morning, that there are a whole lot of spaces along the streets. People don't seem to be going downtown in the morning. I also know that Lyle's been texting me photographs of the empty streets. I'm yeah. very aware of this problem. I, I do know also that I think more people have started using the garages. Steve, do you have data on that yet? or? I, I know the data exists. I haven't actually been following the garage data. I've been following the meter data. Mm-hmm. I do know that there's an increase in garage use. Um, I try to look at the uh, – no, I don't have that mm-hmm. data actually handy. Jeb, are you going to look at that in your questions? Absolutely, and I, I was going to comment on that because that's one of the things – I think Steve kind of alluded to it um, as well, which is – I, we found out from this survey initial results so far that there still seems to be a lot of confusion about the rules and where you can, where you can't, what's three hours free, what's two hours free, what the time of the meters are, I think is pretty well publicized. And I think that's an education opportunity uh, regardless of the impact of some of these results and, and feedback from uh, uh, local merchants like Lyle and others to make any changes in that. But we've seen that there's some confusion and an understanding of what's what. So uh, we think that's an opportunity for a partnership and the chamber, certainly with uh, local businesses, customers, and and local government to have an opportunity to have that discussion about what the garage is, what's that impact, um, and how are we managing parking as a whole in the urban area, I think, is the other part of that. And we're seeing a lot of confusion um, actually, in one of our meetings the other day, um, a downtown business said, I didn't know you could park there for three hours for free. I didn't even know that lot was there kind of kind of discussion. So we think there's an opportunity there to definitely educate the public. Those are getting better. more and more competitive every day, though, because I, I frequent those, and I know it's getting harder and harder to get a spot in one of those. I don't... Yeah. I don't think those are going to be a viable option for most people for much longer, especially as people get the hang of the system. Lyle, did you want to comment? No. Here's a live chat from Charles that came in. It says, I don't drive downtown anymore. I would rather shop at Walmart or the strip malls on the west side because I don't have to pay. Is this what the city intended? Uh, for every one of those, I've heard somebody said, you know, I never used to go downtown, but the, the other day I was driving past and I saw a spot and I st- went, went in and I stopped and bought a pair of shoes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, granted, I, maybe I'm exaggerating. It's not for every one of those I've heard. It's not, uh, otherwise, I don't think Lyle would be here. But, uh, I, you know, it, you can go both ways with that. And I wonder why people feel like they need to. I've actually heard some people say, I'm not coming to your business anymore because of the city's policy. I heard that about Jail Waters. Mm-hmm. Some customer complained to Jail Waters about it. And I said, why are you punishing Jail Waters for the city? I mean, so you can get Jail Waters to put pressure on us. I mean, you're kind of spiting this business for, what, a, a 25 cents a dollar? Well, the reason why they're saying that is because they don't know where else to voice their displeasure. I know. And so it, the, the fact is, and this is why I really appreciate the, the chamber doing this survey, because people don't really understand how city government works. Yeah, that's true. They, they don't know where to go, what hearing to go to. You know, it's, it's hard enough running your own life. You just kind of, there's an assumption in this country that the government will do the right thing. So it's nice that um, the chamber put out the survey, and I think you're seeing that it is a polarizing and probably more one way than the other uh, issue 
that because um, you know, we put a link to it on our, our VIP um, email list, and they got in two days over 3,000 responses. 3,000. There's only 50,000 residents in Bloomington. 82,000. 82? Is 82, that with the students? That's with yeah. students. That's with students, okay. And it's not just Bloomingtonians using parking. People are coming from out of town to use it as well. So the fact is is that um, now people understand that they, have, they can voice their opinions through the chamber or people like Stephen. I want you to know, by the way, Stephen has been fantastic. And here's a guy who is an advocate of the meters, but when I had a concern, he picked up the phone we, we uh, talked, we've met, he's listening, and to me, that's what it's all about. And that's really why I'm here today, is because I want to come to just a positive conclusion on, on what's the best use for the meters, and one that doesn't punish my company to a point of almost extinction mm-hmm. by their existence. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to take a short break. You're listening to Noon Edition on WFIU. Today, our guests are talking about the effects of parking meters in downtown Bloomington. Do you park downtown often? Have you, has it changed your patterns of how you, where you do business? You can join our live chat at wfiu.org slash Noon Edition. You can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition, or you can get on the phone and give us a call, 855-0811, or toll-free, 877-285-9348. We'll be right back. This is Noon Edition on WFIU. Production support comes from Smithville. Information at smithville.net. And IU School of Public Health Bloomington. Online at publichealth.indiana.edu. WFIU News covers South Central Indiana and the state each day. You can read news throughout the day as it's posted on our website at wfiu.org. And you can pick up a digest of all the top stories. It's like a newspaper delivered to your inbox each afternoon. It's a free and easy way to stay on top of not only the headlines, but also the in-depth audio, video, and print news stories you can't get anywhere else. Subscribe right now at WFIU.org news. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Salzberg from the Herald Times, along with co-host Mary Catherine Carmichael. Today we're talking about parking. It's a hot topic here in uh, Bloomington. Uh, we have three great guests with us in the studio. Lyle Feigenbaum is the owner of the Scholars Inn and the Scholars Inn Bakehouse. Both downtown in particular is what we're talking about today, but there's more than one. Also, uh, Steve Volan, a member of the Bloomington City Council and an advocate for the meters. And Jeb Conrad, the president of the Greater Bloomington Chamber of Commerce. If you have questions or comments, please phone us at 855-0811 in Bloomington or 877-285-9348 outside of the Bloomington area. You can also join the live chat at wfiu.org slash Noon Edition or follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. And we have a couple of phone calls now. Tom is first. Go ahead, Tom. Oh, we just lost Tom. Oh, we lost Tom. So let's go next to Joe. Joe? Go ahead, Tom. Hey, who we got here? Joe, you're going to want to turn your radio down. We're ready for you. Joe. Nope. <laughs> All right. I guess we're not going to get that call in either. 
But we do have uh, – no, we don't have an email either. But we have lots of questions on our side of the table. All right. Well, Tom and Joe, please feel free to call back. Right. Um, we, we do want to ask about um, – Steve, I want to ask you about where the revenue is going, why, you know, why – why it was important to raise revenue for the city. And I don't think it's been any secret that that was one of the main reasons that you want to put the meters in. Uh, the mayor definitely made it clear that his, one of his motives for putting in meters was that it would be a revenue source. Um, I would be remiss in my job as a representative of the downtown district where all the meters reside uh, if I didn't say that that shouldn't be the only or the main reason, let alone the only reason for metering, it should be about regulating the parking supply. Even if it was only for regulation, there would still be excess revenue. Now, in the first year, again, part of the reason for the administration's request for a dollar an hour for a year was to guarantee that they'd be able to pay off the meters to to, to pay it for the mm-hmm. purchase and installation and the. Um, improvements they made to the downtown, some of which were requested by council members during the um, the development of the ordinance, such as um, painting and lighting of the garages, cleaning up of uh, of the area. He's at, instituted uh, a walking police beat downtown, something I've been asking for for a long time. Officers out of their car, walking around. Um, there's a few other uh, physical and policy changes like that. I don't have a complete accounting. It's something I'll be looking for in the May budget advance. I'll be asking for a complete breakdown of uh, services and and improvements that, have, that are directly attributable to meter dollars. But there's going to come a day not too long from now when the meters are all paid off and the improvements are made. Then where will those dollars go? If I had my way, all the dollars would stay in the meter district. They would only go to burying power cables, improving sidewalks, fixing sidewalks in the area where the meters are. I don't know that that's going to fly with other council members, but that's... I got an idea. Why don't you pay somebody to shovel around the meters when it snows? I love that idea. Love that idea. That would be super helpful as somebody who ended up knee deep in more than one. I, I hope to see you at the council meeting where you can say that to my colleagues. I would colleagues. love to come. Thank Thanks. you. For All right. Invited. We, we have a phone call. We think uh, we have Joe back. Joe, are you there? This is Jim. Jim. Okay, Jim, go right ahead. I have been a patron of Nick's since 1950. And in the past 25 years, I've probably gone there for something to eat and something to drink once a week. Since these meters have been put in, I haven't been in Nick's since the week that they activated them. I just wanted to make that comment. Why is uh, that, Jim? Well, I don't want to plug a meter. I don't want to go down there at 8 o'clock in the evening. I don't know, for for instance, how long I'm going to be in the place when I go down there. You know, maybe I'm in there for a, a, a drink and out of the place in a half an hour, or maybe I'm going to decide, well, I'm here, I'm going to eat supper here today. Yeah. I, I've actually come you know, up against that myself. I know what you mean. I, I, I see no reason why they, they, the meters cannot be shut off at 5 o'clock. It used to, you know, when, when there were when there were limits on, on two hours in parking in that area there, uh, that, uh, that limit expired at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. All right. We're going to go to Steve for a response. Well, the uh, corner of Kirkwood and Dunn is ground zero for meter usage. Uh, the, when I checked it a couple of months ago, the first, second, fourth, and 13th most heavily used blocks in town were 
those four blocks that met at Kirkwood and Dunn. So that's one of the few places in the downtown area where the price could be increased, which I'm not recommending, by the way, but the price could be increased and there'd still be uh, more than 85% mm-hmm. usage. But what the caller is touching on is part of a bigger deal. Um, we haven't talked yet about the app. You can pay by phone or by app. Uh, Park Mobile provides that service. And I actually think it's the future of how we manage parking downtown. You're going to help me download that app before you get I'm going to help you today. download that app. <laughs> I use it all the time. Um, it does. There is a charge for using it like there is a charge to pay by credit card. But here's the key thing. That app allows payment by uh, duration of time. But uh, at the time that the city negotiated with Park Mobile, Park Mobile gave the city two choices. Either you can pay by hour and minute, by a certain fixed period, or you can pay until you're ready to leave. And they had to choose one or the other. And so the city administration chose pay by the hour and the minute. I've talked to Park Mobile and asked them, is there a way to enable both methods in the app? But even if there isn't, I think we should switch to pay by duration. It would enable all sorts of things, starting with the ability for a merchant to pay for a customer's parking so as to remove that block. Now, granted, that's a certain expense. We can talk about what we can do to make it more affordable for merchants to sponsor their customers' parking. I definitely want to do that. But first, we have to enable the technology to do it. The meters also take smart cards, which, I mean, I've had somebody say, I work for a department at IU. Uh, I have to, to to do a thing downtown. I you know they used to pay for my parking, or that now they need to pay for my parking, and I don't want to show them my credit card bill. If we can, the meters can take special cards that the that the office can pay for on behalf of the person using it. We haven't enabled smart cards in the meters yet. It's something else we should do. I know one thing for us that's really important <laughs> is, for example, uh, we cater out of the downtown bakehouse, mm-hmm. and our caterer has to come and go. Um, mm-hmm. throughout the day. And it's very, very difficult to run a business that way. And it's my hope that there can be a special city-approved sticker. Maybe you have to go in front of a panel. But for many businesses, business owners like myself, that have to come and go to their business throughout the day, it, it really is a burden to run your own business because you have to feed the meters. You don't know how much time you're going to be spending in your location. So if there could be an approved, reasonably priced sticker so that someone like our caterer can pay you know, $50, $75 a month, but then does not have to worry about moving or, or feeding the meters. Because the fact of the matter is you know, she's not, she doesn't know exactly how much time she's going to have to be uh, at a location. And I think that that would help business owners for sure um, deal with them. Mm-hmm. So that's the point. If you can pay for the duration you stay, you, the only problem is that right now with the pay by hour and minute, you only have to pay, you only have to use the app once and then it, when it expires, you're done. If you're willing to go back to the app a second time and say, I'm done parking, then I can enable, I'm saying now me personally, then we can enable that for Lyle. In other words, Lyle can set up an account with Park Mobile and then whenever he needs to pay for somebody's parking, he can just do it. So so she can go wherever she needs to do, just say, I'm here now, start charging me, and then I'm done. And then you're paying for only the time you use. You're not leaving any meter, money in the meter for somebody else. That may be true, but when you're running a business and you sell in bulk, you're going to give a discount. And I don't think the city of Bloomington should take advantage of someone who is forced to be there eight hours a day coming and going by paying a an absorbent fee for, you know, creating jobs. I don't disagree with you. I actually think that there should be bulk discounts, but first we have to find a way to make it possible. 
So I'm just saying the technology comes first, and then after that, I want to see I – mean, because we have a problem with, say, uh, not-for-profits who have volunteers who we want to encourage to come downtown. We have you know concerns for certain people who are in jobs that are um, – that, that are they're, – they're concerned for their safety. And perhaps the Economic and Sustainable Development Department wants to be able to incentivize certain behaviors. It's spring break. Maybe we shouldn't charge so much for parking during spring break. All of these things require some kind of a policy for an even-handed distributing of discounts. But it could be an economic development incentive, too, to be able to offer strategic discounts at certain times of the year. We can do all that with that technology. It doesn't right. seem like what, what, what Lyle's proposing is very technologically complicated. If it's, it's a sticker. Right. Well, well, Lyle's asking for essentially – I mean, the sticker basically is a free or a fixed amount of parking. We can do that, and there is actually a delivery permit. I'm not sure the delivery permit that we have works for his particular need, and I'm happy to work with him to add something to an ordinance fix that would address his concern. Jeb. And, and I'll just add on to that. We have other businesses that do business downtown that aren't in downtown, but however, come down, mechanical contractors, those kind of folks that come down to do business with landlords and or tenants in uh, in the downtown area that have a similar concern to Lyle, which is they may have five crews that get called in from different locations all over Monroe County and beyond, potentially. And uh, you can't trade one pass yeah, back right, and forth right. because somebody's out here and gets called out there and et cetera. So I think as it's, has been indicated here, there, there's potential. Uh, the city already – the city has an all-zone permit. Okay. And uh, we can do one for the meters as well. Okay. I just wanted to get to the phones because they're lighting up. It's okay. the lightning they're round, light, boys. They're lighting right. up. So, okay. Um, let's see. We're going to take uh, – Jennifer's been holding yeah, the longest. Jennifer. Can we get Jennifer first? Hello, Jennifer? Yes, hi. Hey, go right ahead. Great. Uh, thanks for the productive conversation. Um, a couple – a little piece of feedback and then some uh, question. One is – um, as a citizen who tried to follow this, the sort of uh, advent of parking meters fairly closely, I didn't feel ever that it was uh, clear to me why the revenue stream was needed by the city. You know, on the one hand, it seems like, well, it's obvious all municipalities probably need more money, but I don't think that the city did a, a great job or somehow I just missed it of really demonstrating where the shortfalls were and where the revenue was going to go. So it would be great to sort of, you know, see a little more information on that um, as, you know, especially once the meters are paid off. And then my second um, piece is, uh, maybe redundant because I missed the first 20 minutes or so of the conversation, so I apologize. But how much um, were the meters motivated by the um, large amount of housing units that have come in, in in the downtown area? Was that a factor in determining the need for meters? All right, Steve. Yes, um, the increase, significant increase in housing downtown has been a factor in the use of meters. But frankly, that was a factor 10 years ago when the council passed uh, the ordinance saying that um, the two-hour parking should go from 5, PM, 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. to prevent overnight parkers when Smallwood opened. Mm-hmm. So we've had that concern for a while. Um, I'm not sure what your other 
question was? The revenue the, stream, how have you uh, – you haven't made the case well, very well that it was actually – Well, I agree with the caller that, that I think that we need to have a much more explicit justification for what the revenues will be used for. And it's something that I've been dissatisfied with from the administration. So, I mean, I agree with that. I think that there needs to be a full accounting of what those revenues will be used for. And I'm asking for that in the next budget. Couple, couple things before we uh, – oh, thanks, Jennifer. Really appreciate it. Thanks. We're going to move on. Okay. Uh, we want to mention that we did invite the mayor's office and the Board of Public Works or somebody from the Public Works office to be on the show today. But I have to say they're really busy right now. A little busy today. Uh, yeah, we won't yeah. talk about that. But they're really busy. So they, they couldn't make it today. But we have Steve Volan from the city council along with Jeb Conrad uh, from the Chamber of Commerce and Lyle Feigenbaum, who's a business owner downtown. So back to the phones. And uh, it looks Alicia. like Alicia. Alicia is next. Hi, Hi, my name is Elisa. Oh, uh, Elisa, thank you. <laughs> everybody masters it. Um, the reason I'm calling in, and the subject was briefly touched on earlier about why the meters are on for so long. They start so early, they run extremely late into the evening, and also on weekends. At what point might it be we could look forward to a date when we can come down on a Saturday and not have to worry about the meters, zone out in the library and, you know, research until we're done? hungry, stroll around downtown. I mean, I love the weekends when I used to be able to come down and not have to watch my watch. I love on evenings after work, I can meet friends, not have to watch the clock. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love I, I love it if we could restrict the hours a bit so that we can have some fun without having to eagle-eye the time and wonder, <laughs> are we going to get a fine? Mm-hmm. I, I love what it's done for the daytime and when the... the the reasons it's in for the workers and the downtown parking. But I think this boy, is. I want my life back. This is a really big question, and and I think it has to do with you know what what is the process for making some adjustments to this. There is none, and that's one of the reasons why I've been suggesting the idea of a parking commission that would have the authority to do what is being done in San Francisco now, where they adjust the rates per block, as as little as per block, uh, per hour of the week. Uh, are they adjusted on a monthly or bi-monthly basis? There's a, a team of people, uh, both public officials and private citizens, who are reviewing all the data and saying, how is performance going on this block? I don't know that we can uh, – We there are some places we can make free. I don't recommend that, actually. But we can definitely reduce the price in places where there's not performance. I know we can do it. It's a matter of will. It's that We have the technology to do it. But I think that that should be. I actually think the city might see some increased revenue with less lower prices on blocks that are currently not being used. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's. Uh, Ryan has been waiting for quite a long time. Thanks Ryan? for your call, Lisa. Yes, thank you very okay. much. We really appreciate it. Ryan? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, thanks. Um, uh, just a couple of brief comments and a question about the survey. Uh, one comment is that uh, I, I do understand that. It can be sometimes challenging if you haven't looked into things like this before to sort of follow events and what's going on. But uh, especially, this is especially true for people that don't have access to the internet. But if you do, it really isn't that hard uh, to, you know, find city council meetings or commissioner board meetings uh, on CATS. CATSTV.net has all of these things. Um, so, you know, to look at the paper, even if you don't subscribe, which I got to say, I recommend subscribing. But, Thank you. <laughs> um, sure. Um, you know, 
uh, you can you can you can find one on a stand if it's got something in there about it. You can read the article and use that to go go from there. And uh, in my experience, um, the people on boards and commissions and the elected representatives are very responsive to questions that people have. So um, I, I would encourage people that feel flummoxed or confused or confounded by this sort of thing to, um, you know, it can be hard to find the time, but if you have it, it's, it's, all that information is out there. Um, the, the, the one comment I have in addition to that is that um, it really is kind of an amazing psychological experiment, as I'm sure most of the people on the panel here uh, understand perhaps even more than I, but um, the first interaction that I had, I, I was writing with a friend, and um, this was a person I never, I don't know, they seemed, they seemed very even-keeled, but they engaged in the most bizarre search and ended up parking illegally with this very strange, <laughs> a very strange, um, like, justification. Like, well, it's my bank, and since I do business at other times, this counts as business. Kind of, you know, that sort of, people probably hear this all the time. I, I have just been really amazed at, like, sort of the the anxiety that this has brought out in people. And um, Mr. Volan's uh, discussion of a uh, parking commission and, and changing rates, I think, is very interesting. Although, I, and this is not to argue against it necessarily, I'm sure he realizes this too, but I think it probably would have no effect on the anxiety that people have. I think there's some sort of weird fundamental, like, I don't want to be told I'm doing something wrong, anxiety built into this, which is really, really kind of remarkable. Finally, my last question is about the survey um, that the uh, Chamber of Commerce is conducting. Um, I'd like to hear a little bit more about the technique that is being used and how they plan on using whatever data they gather. Because my understanding, and this could be wrong, is that this is just one of those, like, it's out on the Internet, come and fill it out if you want. And therefore, all it can possibly really tell us is what the people who answer it think. But it's in no way representative of any particular population, because it's just out there. Uh, uh, so I'd like to hear some more comment about that. All thanks. right. Ryan, thanks for all the questions. Lyle is going to go first, and then Jeff. Yeah, I actually have two comments. The, my whole thing is real simple. I can tell you, when I drive downtown and I see that the meters are full, I'm excited, because I know I'm going to be fairly busy. I may not be as busy as I once was, but at least I can get by. What I can't uh, deal with very well is driving downtown in the morning and seeing, uh, you know, shooting off a cannon because there's no cars there. And what we're seeing is like the caller before, the residents, potentially the ones, you know, 40 and over, um, they have stopped coming downtown. So I, again, am being a positive advocate for just judging the data and making um, the appropriate changes based upon what the data is showing. Now, with respect to uh, what Ryan said earlier, What we hear more than anything isn't really about the money, although for some it really is an issue, particularly those on fixed incomes. And at the bakehouse, our average ticket's $6. And I think businesses with small ticket averages are dramatically affected by this. It's almost 20% Mm -hmm. to pay for an hour when you come in for $6. That's true. But we hear the word hassle. We hear it all the time. And that is there is a sense of anxiety. I deal with it. Every time, mm-hmm. how much money do I need to put in? How much right. time do I have to sit in there? Do I want to put a quarter in? But I'm only going to be there. To, I don't have a dime. And and there is. There's this angst. There's this, Even if you had a dime, it won't take it. Well, yeah. No, it, it, it will. will. Oh, well, I had a quarter. There you go. You didn't even know. I didn't even know. You're right. Um, there's there a shortage this, of understanding it, there. There's, there's this irrational... Right. 
hurdle that you got to get over. Go, okay, just just put it in and, and let it go. It's hard to do that, and unfortunately, businesses like ours really are paying for that. Right. And so, again, this is why, uh, I mean, not only can you pay by app, you can use Park Mobile by phone. You can just call. If you have a dumb phone and not a smartphone, you can still use that uh, system to pay, and that makes it simpler. But the key to it is being able to pay by duration. And the meters themselves, that's true. You you have to feed them, and you have to guess how much time you're going to use. But that's not the only way to use the parking system. Mm -hmm. So the minute we enable that and promote it better, we can start to solve problems like what Lyle's described. First of all, a couple things. One thing is I, I promised somebody who contacted me before the show to say, to speak very favorably about the parking meters that suddenly that person is, is among those who is uh, coming downtown, yes, yeah. coming downtown mm-hmm. happy to be able to find a place. You know, it actually has made his life uh, much easier. But I think the bigger question is, and, and addresses the psychological barriers, uh, the changing nature of downtown. And I think that um, with the um, amazing explosion of housing that's that's going up, um, as well as coupling that with the addition of parking meters. I think it is uh, for people, especially who've lived here a long time or grew up here. Um, it has changed the perception of downtown from that of town to more of an urban landscape. Uh, Bloomington is the sixth largest city in the state. Anymore, it's eighty-two thousand people here. Most of them, eleven months or more. There's a a lot of people in Bloomington more than there was when breaking away the last time we had uh, meters in town. <laughs> when the city was fifty thousand people, there's and we want people living downtown rather than on the periphery, so that they're not using their cars. Imagine where we'd be without the number six, number nine buses. All those students would be driving to campus, and there would be a nightmare of parking downtown. I want to let Jeb answer that question that. Uh yeah, with with respect to the survey, um, as you know, Chamber's a membership organization. And um, what we wanted to do is what we promised um, that our parking committee and the Chamber would do is to kind of get an interim feedback from um, our key audiences, which, again, is the business owner, operator, um, and their employees, which are also considered members of our organization. But then we've also asked to share that with the with their customers to get uh, – uh, kind of a snapshot and some benchmarks and then some comments on that. And what we're going to do is we're going to compile all that data in those different categories, bring that to our parking committee. And and I will tell you that the IU Kelly School of Business, in conjunction with the, I think I forget what the official name is, the Center for Survey Research helped us develop that uh, that survey to make sure that it uh, uh, it was stated correctly and would give us the outputs that, that we're expecting. And what we hope to do then is share that with member of the city council and, and potentially a parking commission, if that's uh, something that's designed, as well as our members and those that participated, say, here's the outcomes that we've got. Again, and when I say it's a non-scientific study, what I'm saying is is that uh, we're not taking, um, we've got those three different pools, but we're not necessarily targeted audiences because we are a membership-based organization, and that's who we reach out to. Okay. We have a caller, Bruce, who's been waiting for a really long time. So, Bruce, we have about two minutes to go. Two quick ones. Number one, I remember back when the city abandoned the parking meters, uh, saying that they would increase revenue uh, by doing so. The tickets would uh, uh, bring in more revenue than uh, the meters uh, with the maintenance problems and everything. And uh, further, they they didn't have the, the maintenance on the meters. The other thing I'd like to say is I'm not really concerned about the parking meters. What I'm concerned about 
is the city has consistently expanded uh, more or less in a radial uh, way uh, restricted parking uh, in the downtown area and uh, be it uh, two-hour parking or residential parking uh, you know if you're like me and willing to walk uh, I don't mind parking out but if I'm coming from out of town uh, and I need to park somewhere and I need to stay a long time uh, you know like I said I don't mind walking but I I really uh, miss that unrestricted parking and there were areas like South Lincoln Street that uh, really there was always uh, parking space available uh, that was unrestricted. There's so. only so much parking on the street, and the what isn't being desired by people coming downtown is desired by the neighbors who live on those streets. There's a reason we have now 11 neighborhood parking zones. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, parking is a scarce resource, and at some point it has to be regulated or you're going to have a different kind of problem, which we were already running into before the meters for years. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree with that, but I think it's over-regulated, and I, I, I think they've expanded uh, restricted parking uh, beyond necessity. That's my personal opinion. All right, Bruce, we're out of time. I, uh, thank you for your call, and I want to thank Eleanor, who we couldn't get to today. She was waiting for the last three minutes, but... We're going to have to go off the air. I want to thank our guests today, Jeb Conrad, Lyle Feigenbaum, and Steve Boland. For Mary Catherine Carmichael, our producer Claire McInerney, and engineer Mike Pashkash, I'm Bob Salzberg. Thanks for listening. Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production support comes from Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, voice, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net and from IU School of Public Health Bloomington, addressing public health needs by preventing disease, promoting health, and improving quality of life across the state and around the world through research, teaching, and community engagement, offering undergraduate and advanced degrees, publichealth.indiana.edu.